good evening and welcome to another episode of A Feast of Films for a very special Halloween episode. Ooh. With your host, Count Matt Blackula. I want to suck your blood. Yo. And Ethan Stein. <laughs> Hello, my fellow movie fans, and welcome to another episode of A Feast of Films, another spooky Halloween episode. Ooh. This time I have with me... Mr. Jesse Prosser. Hello, my fellow movie fans. And I am your host once again, Ethan R. Hill. Jesse, what happened to you? Why did you why did you say that so weirdly when you started this this episode? Well, you see that I was doing a howling type sound because on this particular a howling type sound. Yes. Because on this particular episode of Feast of Film, we will be discussing Mooses? Yes. Oh. As we all know, moose are notorious howlers and make weird noises in on the full moon. Um, <laughs> we are exclusively talking about moose movies today. We could today. be talking about bird movies, then we'd be talking about fowlers. It's true. Yes. We'd be running afoul on this whole podcast. <laughs> like we are right now. Yes. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But no, we are here to discuss... Some of our favorite werewolf movies, and just, like, the genre in general. Are there any? That's, I guess that's gonna be part of the discussion, because werewolf movies, I think, get a bit of a, uh... They have a more unfortunate uh, ratio of, like... Good to bad? Yes. <laughs> and, like, because I think, I think you were gonna say they get an unfortunate rap, but again, they can't really get a rap when there's, there's not really... There's nothing to rap, as it were. Because there's like there are good werewolf movies. They're just, just kind of not a lot. Yeah, they're few and far between. Which is like we'll discuss some of the really good ones and ones that we recommend. I think and just like probably the. I don't think there's really any bad ones for us to talk about because like like a lot of the bad ones. It's okay. So here's the thing. Here's mm -hmm. the thing with werewolves. <laughs> I can't say that I've ever seen like a lot of really bad ones. Like the only one I can really think of is one of the Howling sequels. Just one and of them, eh? I've only seen just one of them. <laughs> oh my god. Well, let me tell you. But at the end of the day, more often than not, a bad werewolf movie is just a generic werewolf movie. Yes. It's just a different spinning on the wolfman over and over again. It's, again, the, oh, this person is cursed. And, like, that's I think that's 90% that's of the good ones, too. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but it's, like, how you mm -hmm. tell that story. Yeah, well, and like, in discussing the, the Howling sequels, I've only seen the first two sequels. And the first one is notoriously really bad, to the point where Christopher Lee, like, he he did that movie because he never did a werewolf movie before that. And then when he worked on Gremlins 2 with Joe Dante, he apologized for being in the Howling 2 <laughs> <laughs> directly to him. Um, now, why did he do that? Be because that, that movie is horrible. <laughs> Why else would he ap apologize to Joe Dante about being in the sequel? Because, well, Joe Dante directed the original Howling. I suppose I should preface with that. <laughs> yes, you should, you, you know, help that, people. That would make sense. Yeah. I just assume people know the Howling is a great movie. But in case you don't know, yes, Joe well, Dante... I was, I was saying more of they probably don't know that Joe Dante directed both the Howling and... And Gremlins. Gremlins yes. That's fair. But yes, um... Yeah, Joe, Joe Dante is just great. We... Could you imagine if they gave, like, 
the same the same parameters they gave him for Gremlins two to like a Howling sequel. Oh Jesus, Just, you can do whatever you want, <laughs> anything I want. Gremlins two could just be its own podcast, honestly. <laughs> Love Gremlins two. It's so good, but also like the most batshit insane movie. Um. And then the third Howling movie, The Marsupials, as it's known. Was that the third one? Because I thought that was the fourth one. No, the fourth one is the one that's, uh, it's basically a, a re-adaptation of the book, but done way worse than the original Howling. And, like, the next couple have interesting concepts, but they're, they're done very poorly. Like, uh, I believe the fifth one all takes place in this, like, Romanian castle, and it's, like, a whodunit of, like, who the werewolf is. And it's, like, it's a fun concept for a werewolf movie, just done really poorly. Like, it's essentially, it's essentially they tried to do the thing, but with a werewolf. Which could be a fun idea, but it's not done particularly well. And then the sixth one, which is called The Freaks, is revolved around a circus, and, like, there's a werewolf... Like, that's one of the uh, the attractions. And I believe the guy who's running the circus is a vampire. And that itself could be a really interesting concept as well. Again, not very well executed. <laughs> so, like, there is there is also something to be said about werewolf movies that, like, reach too far into, like... Like, basically, they, they, they fly too close to the sun with their concept and then fall to the ground in fire. So uh, I've only ever seen the first one, and then they did that... The Howling Reborn in uh, oh yeah that one eleven which was just it's trying to capitalize on the the Twilight craze as it were and I honestly don't even remember like anything it's 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 not good they tried to do the um kind of the they tried to redo the ending of the original where they like broadcast to the world that werewolves exist but it's done significantly worse than that original movie did it. So have you heard this? Um, apparently the director of it is going to be directing the remake for Netflix. Oh, they announced that in January of 2020. I mean, it's not a bad option. Like I wouldn't be, if it's based (laughs) off the, if it's based closer off the book, so essentially he's not remaking uh the howling he's remaking howling four <laughs> possibly <laughs> which, which could be yeah that would be interesting yeah like he's a good choice i could see that working potentially <coughs> he's got a good eye for atmosphere and i think both me and you can agree one of the most important things when dealing with werewolves is atmosphere oh 100 and like like there's a specific vibe when it comes to werewolf films that you don't get in vampire films, you don't necessarily get in ghost films. Like, like each, and that's I think what me and you like about horror in general is every subgenre has their own atmosphere and their own vibe. Yeah, and there can be some crossover. Like fog plays a part in friggin' every horror series. Oh, hundred percent. But like, including the fog. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> but arguably speaking, like a werewolf film just has that sense of. To me, it's a sense of anticipation. Mm-hmm. Like, and that sounds weird. Like, like if I was to say the difference between that and a vampire movie, a vampire movie always seems to have, like, a, a, a atmosphere of seduction. Yes. Even when it's not, like, specifically, like, sexy seduction, just, like, the, like the temptation, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Seems to be rolled into um, <clears throat> that vibe for vampire movies. 
Mm -hmm. There's an appeal to vampirism. Yeah. (laughs) Whereas with werewolves, it's like this weird... It's almost like there's a coldness to it. There's a loneliness to it. There's a hint of mystery. Like, there's... It's it's such a weird atmosphere, but I absolutely love it. Yeah. Well, and like with a lot of werewolf movies, there's always a um a lot of werewolf movies almost have this like ticking clock element built right into the plot because like usually it revolves around your main character slowly like either slowly turning into a monster or like you're waiting in anticipation for the moment where they become a monster and like start threatening the people around them. Yeah. So like it's like there's this uh like with vampire movies a lot of the times you like a lot of people will you'll know that someone is a vampire like it's not always like a really obvious thing that a character is a vampire unless you get something like uh Salem's Lot or uh Nosferatu where it's like very clearly that is a vampire. Yeah. And like you get something similar with a werewolf but it's like as opposed to a like vampire movies tend to be a bit more of a uh a slow burn to the reveal of the monster. I would disagree. I think vampire movies you know up front who the vampire is. Okay. Well, I guess yeah, like cuz I'm like trying what, to What what oh, vampire movie is a slow burn? Well, no, I guess it's like you're um with a vampire movie it's like the slow burn of like when the vampire is going to attack. And with a werewolf it's like you get a similar idea, but it's like, it's a burst of, uh, that action as opposed to it being like a buildup. I disagree. I think it depends. Both of those just depend on the story. Yeah. Um, for me, I'd say it's, it's more of it's, and you can disagree with this as well. Mm. Um, vampires are about lust. Werewolves are about love more often than not. There's usually a love story tangled up in werewolfism because the mythology of that is like, oh, well, the werewolf will kill the one that he loves the most. And rip their heart out, <laughs> things like that. It's not about rip their heart out, it's just that's... Well, werewolf, like in mythology, werewolves, like, notoriously rip the hearts out of... Uh, Sometimes. Yeah. Not always. Yeah, not in the movies necessarily, but like... No, even in old mythology, it depended on the regions and... It's a whole thing. Oh, la dee da. Yeah, sorry. But I can I, go, if you want, I can go get my textbook again. <laughs> we'll break out the books. But also, the uh, it is worth noting that unlike a lot of uh, a lot of monsters, where like there's a bit more of like a an, an ancient mythology to them, and werewolves, it there very much is like especially like shapeshifters and like lycanthropy and things like that. But the kind of the modern rendition of the werewolf is definitely more a creation of Hollywood than a lot of other monsters like silver bullets and uh, transforming on the full moon. I want to say a lot of that stuff came from specifically the Wolfman. I think so. A lot of it, like, cause a lot of that with lycanthropy and stuff like that was just someone would become more and more beast like. Yeah. And a lot of times they would just stay that way. There was no transforming back and forth. There was no getting better. It was just, that was what it was. And mm-hmm. like, <clears throat> and obviously recorded cases of that would then translate to be more of just mental health based. Yeah. Um, but no, I think, I think, I don't know. I think werewolf films are underappreciated overall. Yes. I think that they just kind of, and I, I think the other reason why they're 
so not taken seriously is because nine times out of ten the werewolf looks like crap (laughs) well there's that but there's so much effort put into the transformation and not enough effort put into the story you know what i mean seeing like i mean i'll agree with that as well but i find like a lot of cases there isn't a lot of uh effort put into the transformations specifically nowadays like and you can we i don't want this to turn into a discussion about like cgi versus like practical effects because like i think we've both seen good werewolf transformations that have done both or a mix of both but there is something to be said about like being able to uh see a like physical like transformation happen right in front of your eyes and sometimes that can look really great and painful and sometimes with cgi i do think you do lose a bit of that uh that tangible quality of like the pain of the character transforming yeah like um whatchamacallit what's a good example of painful transformations well i mean there's there's like one i guess it, and again you could also discuss like the different contexts of transformations as well because in uh, movies like The Howling or uh, America World from London, the transformation is like a slow, gradual change from man into wolf. And that fits the tone and the story that they're telling those movies. But if you look at something like Underworld, where the werewolf, like it's a bit more of like an action type of movie, the werewolf transformations being slow doesn't make a whole lot of sense for the type of movie they're telling. So it being like kind of this rapid transformation makes more sense just for the type of narrative that they're telling you know yeah so uh you get all kinds of stuff in the genre to you what was the last like really great werewolf movie that you saw isn't like the newest one that i saw or like i'd say like like newest one like uh like the last movie that you saw like a like that was a werewolf movie that really captured uh but, but no but what do you mean by newest do you mean newest one is newest released yeah newest release i mean like newest one that i've seen because like the newest one that i've seen are ones that are older yeah whereas like newest released ones um because we've definitely gone back and watched a lot of older films in that genre <laughs> to to very good results like recently we watched a movie called full moon high which is just a very ridiculous like off the wall comedy movie yeah, I want to get into that one a bit later. For sure. One of the top questions on werewolf movies is, is there any good werewolf movies? <laughs> it's very fitting for this discussion. Because <laughs> there's been a lot of movies, like, with werewolves in them that I wouldn't necessarily say are, like, werewolf movies. Because even the new uh, Goosebumps movies have had a werewolf in them. Does New Mutants count? <laughs> I mean, I guess kind of, but, like, it's, again, not really... That is, that is a movie that has a werewolf in it, and even then, it's more of a... Like, that one, it's a mutant power of someone turning into a, a wolf creature. Because I'd say the newest... <clears throat> for me, I'd say, like, the newest ones that I've seen that have been, like, really, really solid would either be the Wolfman remake, and that I have issues with here and there. Yeah. Um, And, like, I guess it counts, but it doesn't count, but, like, that segment in Trick or Treat yep like uh the anthology section where 
what's an anthology movie? Of course, the yeah. anthology, the anthology section. You, you know what I mean, like the part of the movie where there's werewolves. Yes. Yeah, like in that one's like you want to talk about like a like a slow burn reveal. Like you're following these characters and like the way they say things, you don't even think about it at the time. A lot of the stuff that they're saying, but then rewatching it after you get the reveal. It turns into a completely different uh, conversation, and that's part of the fun of that movie as well. Is like the the slow reveal of what is actually happening, and has like and the look of the world is actually quite good. Like they they put a lot of effort into like what well, was only going to be seen for like a small section of the movie. Well, and they they are like the werewolves are only seen for like maybe a minute if if not less. Yeah, but they look good. But, like, I can't think of any other newer ones. Because, mm. again, like, the only other new one that I've seen is Wolf Cop. And, like... It's alright. It was fun. Yeah. But it wasn't, like, great. It's Canadian. It's from Saskatchewan, actually. Yeah. Um. So it's nifty that way. But it didn't, like, blow my mind. And, like, and again, it was a comedy. So, like, it's one of those things of, like, it's not meant to be... A serious werewolf film. Well, again, like uh, I think the one of the takeaways we have of that film was the scene where the the guy had his face ripped off and he kept popping up and like just screaming in high pitched, which that was pretty funny. Yeah, like again, illustrated the point there hasn't been a whole lot of like really great werewolf media recently. Do you think that comes down to like a lack of um, believability? I guess in werewolves or. Like, do you think Twilight helped kill the, our werewolves? And Well, I think Twilight, to a certain degree, did. And I also think, like, the long, how long the Underworld series has been going on also didn't help. Which is, it's really funny that, like, how much... It's funny how much werewolves are associated with Underworld, but vampires aren't. Yeah. Like, when you think about, when you think about Underworld, I never hear anyone talk about, I love their vampires. The vampires are, like, the main characters. Yeah, like, they're less, like, it's it's less of a discussion because, like, I mean, that first one you have, um, you have the, you have that main character who is human, but even by the, the end of the movie, he's no longer human. So, and then the next couple movies, vampires are just kind of, like, the main focus. So, you, you don't even really... But they're always fighting the werewolves. Exactly. And like, but everyone always only talks about the werewolves. Well, and it also, like, it also helps that in those movies, like, a lot of the werewolves tend to be the more interesting characters anyway. True. What mm-hmm. did he get for uh, Michael Sheen, right? Yeah. They, they, he's so good, they gave him his own damn movie. Which is the best one, by the way, in case anybody wants to know my opinions. Um, and I think you're wrong. How dare you. Um, so what would you say, then, for you, what would you say is your, your favorite werewolf movie, or do you have a couple of favorites, like... Which ones do you like the most? Well, like, this thing is, like, there's the, the ones... What's gonna sound? The ones that I like, I like. And the ones that I don't like, I don't like. Oh, wow! Um, <laughs> such a deep, deep, thoughtful answer on it. That's what people come to Feast of Films for. <laughs> the deep, thoughtful answers, yes. Of course. Um, Can I counter with another question? Sure, go right ahead. It's your podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> if you could... Huh only watch one werewolf movie for the rest of your life, which one would it be? Oh, Christ. That's hard, because, like, 
a lot of the really good ones all do different things that I enjoy, right? Right. Like, it's like, you don't really... When it comes to, like, the really good werewolf movies, they're all good for their own reasons. Because, um... Because American Werewolf in London, that's my, like, knee-jerk reaction when, like, you ask me that question. But then also I think about, like, how good of a horror movie Ginger Snaps is. Yeah. And I think about how much fun Dog Soldiers is to watch. I think about uh, how much I enjoy the story of the howling. Like, it's really hard for me to, like, pick just one because they're all very different they're all werewolf movies, but they're all very different. Um, no, that's more than fair. Yeah. <clears throat> and now you know how it felt when you asked me what my favorite uh, werewolf movie was. I mean, that's yeah, fair. Well, I guess do you have a, like, not just one, but do you have a couple favorites? That's, again, that's a loaded question. <laughs> to answer my own question, though, if I had to pick one, I would pick The Wolfman. Like, I would, like, the, the, origin, oh, the, classic, the original yeah. one. And just, it's just because of what it did for that creature and for that mythology like that no exactly to me it's like the the pivotal one and i know some people don't find it that interesting and i i get that and there's nothing mm. wrong with that i personally absolutely love it i think it's phenomenal well i think like that that makeup and that uh story i think is just as iconic as it is one of the big universal monsters you want to talk about like um like characters that are actors that suffered for their work it was the the makeup for that and for um frankenstein yeah like and it was because again it wasn't prosthetics they had to build from the ground up every single oh yeah like uh lon cheney jr had to like sit in that position while they like did a layer of makeup recorded for a bit did the next layer of makeup record for a bit and like you just had to stay that way and it's like the 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 discipline for the transformation scene yes yeah i'm talking in general like getting in first thing in the morning and getting all that applied Mm -hmm. um even for boris karloff like building that frankenstein head was new cotton balls all the time oh jesus like like i look at i look at my frankenstein mask and i'm like that would have been a lot easier to just like whoop but they didn't have that. They didn't no, exactly. Have the... They had to build it every single time, and and the and the mere fact that like back then, it would be con- so consistent between scene Jack to scene. Pierce, the man who got fired for taking, <laughs> Jack Pierce got fired from doing makeup effects from Universal Studios because he took too long to make them because of how detailed and good they made it. he made them. <laughs> They they fired him. They're just they, like they fired him for like, doing hey, an amazing yeah, job. Yeah, they're like, you do great. We love your work. Get out. <laughs> Listen, I think your work ethic's great. The results you have are awesome, but you're fired. Yeah, like no, it's so good. Um, I mean, you got the last laugh at the end of the day. Why? His designs are still like the iconic versions of those day. monsters. Like, and there have been multiple renditions of those monsters and still those original designs 100% are the ones that people think of. So, well, and like, and that's why for me, again, I got to go with that. Like the remake was good, but like just that original one, Mm -hmm. if I had to pick one, if that's my favorite one, it would be definitely the Wolfman. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah. And even the ones you're mentioning, they're still up there. They're way up there. Oh, hundred percent. Um, Full Moon High is definitely a newer discovery that's up there, but that's because it's a comedy. Yeah. And, like, the way that comedy was handled is just so bizarre. 
and so weird. Yeah. Like, it's it's totally... It is a comedy film first and a werewolf film second. Yeah, like, it's... The werewolf is a weird, like, framing device for ridiculous gags to happen. Well, the hilarious thing about it is it came out before any of the major werewolf films came out. Yeah. Like... And, and it's one that's, like, never discussed. Yeah, and it, it's cheesy and campy and silly, but, like, it it still works. It still really, really works. It's very inappropriate at times. And oh, is, uh, 100%. Like, definitely is a product of its time as well. Yes. <laughs> and you're, But you're right, though. Like, Ginger Snaps is also really... Like, Ginger Snaps, I, I still haven't seen the third one. Yeah. But speaking for the first two is a really consistent werewolf series. Yeah. And I think it's actually the only one that remains consistent. I would agree with that. Like, I mean, the third one, it's, it's weird because, like, it's... Like, it takes place, like, well in the past, and, like, they're supposed to be the ancestors of those characters, but the way it ends, it makes no sense that they would be the ancestors of those characters. Yeah. But, like, as a, like, period piece werewolf movie, and especially, like, as somebody who grew up, like, like in, like, the Edmonton Athabasca area, like, seeing that kind of environment shown on film, and, like, they shot in Fort Edmonton Park, like, which is a place I had seen before, Seeing the werewolf movie that takes place in that type of environment was really cool. It, it was it's a very unique uh, type of werewolf movie in that regard. I don't think it's as good as the other two necessarily, but especially the first one. But it's still worth watching for me because of how unique of a werewolf movie it is. And even just like talk about uniqueness, the uh, the type of werewolves in that movie, I think, is more like because there aren't a whole lot of movies. Like with werewolves, where usually it's like they turn into a werewolf and then they turn back, and like that's that's kind of just what happens in the movie. Yeah. But with Ginger Snaps, it's almost it almost takes a cue from uh, like David Cronenberg's The Fly, where there is this gradual slow transformation, and it doesn't have anything to do with the full moon, but it's like you're slowly changing from the inside out into a monster, and there's nothing you can do about it. Well, yeah, because, like, the only cure for it, I think, at the end of the day is death. Yeah, like, it's, it's like a, it's like a terminal disease, and they never really say whether it's, like, supernatural in nature or biological. Like, it leans more towards being just this, like, this disease that slowly turns you into a wolf creature, which I think is a really cool take on it. And especially with the themes of that original film, it... It has that, it, it works perfectly with the theme of the, like, maturing and, like, your puberty. body changing, puberty, yeah. that kind of thing. Like, so, like, again, talking about how werewolves can be adjusted depending on the story that you're trying to tell, that's a brilliant example of that. Just like with, uh, like, with the werewolves in The Howling, the interesting thing about that movie and the themes of it is, like, it's basically, like, we're, we're spoiling a lot of these movies, by the way, like, if you're... <laughs> If you're interested in a lot of these ones, like, they're older, so, like, you might choose to seek them out anyway. Yeah. But, uh, like, with the Howling, a lot of the characters, like, that you meet in, like, when Karen first goes to the colony, you don't even know that they are werewolves. Yeah. Because they're just, like, these, these weird, quirky characters that you're meeting, and, like, you, like, you know that there is 
a werewolf or a monster in the movie and like one of them might be it but you don't realize the extent of how many of them are werewolves until like the third act and that i think is really cool well in the howling it's the howling's always a weird one for me mm-hmm. because i never remember it yeah and it's not that it's forgettable it's that i don't i don't know what it is but i watch it and i'm like oh man that was so good i really like that mm-hmm. And then I don't watch it for like a year, and I'm like, "What happens in the Howling again?" I have flashes of it, but like, what is it? Like, That's... what's the plot? If someone asks me to just like tell what the, what the Howling's about, it's like a reporter being stalked by a werewolf. <laughs> I think. I mean, that is what ha- that is part of what happens in the movie. But That's there's like... so much else that happens oh, in the movie. And like, the interesting thing about uh, the Howling, um, when they were marketing it, they didn't advertise really that it was a werewolf film like obviously if you knew the novel the howling then you'd probably have an idea of what the movie is about but when they advertised it they made it look more like a slasher film so a lot of people going into it actually had no idea they were about to watch a werewolf film and were (laughs) were gratefully uh surprised by it and the and that's the thing you can't really get away with doing that a lot nowadays unless your film is like very particularly advertised. Now, I know of uh, on a previous podcast I was on, I did talk about dog soldiers because I'm pretty sure it was a, uh, it was because we got to the year the dog soldiers came out. Yeah. Um. So I don't, I won't go too far into detail with it, but I do, I'll do, I'll reiterate that like the werewolves in that one work for the story they're telling because they are meant to be this like hulking masses and giant threat to the military exactly like because again if you're gonna revolve a story around uh just like a squad of soldiers going up against werewolves you gotta make those werewolves as big and intimidating as you can to just heighten the fact that like even though these guys have like all this firepower they're still incredibly under like underprepared for this threat 100 percent well, I think I think that's the cool. That's what I love about werewolf movies. Half the time is that no one is prepared to deal with werewolves. Oh, hundred percent. And half the time, they like at first they don't believe that's what they're dealing with anyway. But they always manage to present it in a way that like makes sense within that world. That this is how they would exist, and people wouldn't necessarily know about them. Well, that's and that's where I even like sorry to go back to the Wolfman on this, but like mm-hmm. that's kind of what I love about that first werewolf film. And I think that's kind of where it came from was that innocence of like, like, yeah, werewolves don't exist. Yeah. And like, no, this is crazy. Mm-hmm. Like there's just this, especially with Lon Chaney Jr.'s performance as, uh, Lawrence Talbot. Like there's yeah. just, there's this innocence, innocence and sadness to his face where it's just like, like he gets told about the werewolf curse and he's like, Oh no, that's crazy. Like, Oh, it's a silly legend. And then when it happens, it's like, what do you mean? What did you do to me? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yep. Um, well, his character changes so much from, like, no pun intended, from the beginning of the movie, like, way he behaves to, like, where you get to him at the end before his, like, final transformation. I mean, like, yeah, I'd hope he changes by the end. <laughs> well, of course. <laughs> it's just the same guy. It'd just, be, it'd just be weird if it was Lon Chaney Jr., but he's acting like a werewolf. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Cheney, calm down. <laughs> Mr. Um, Mr. Cheney, you'll get a trailer. 
one that you showed me that like I think about a lot, but I never go back to myself is Bad Moon. Yes, Bad Moon is one that like nobody talks about, but I think it's actually one of the better ones that is out there. Isn't that the one though with like where the werewolf has like a weird squirrel tail? Yeah, that's like the one thing about the design I'm not crazy about because like it's just kind of like it's not even it's not an articulate tail. It's just like it's hanging behind him the whole time. It's like ah, that, if it had a bit of movement to it, it'd be fine. But like, if if you're not gonna do, like, if you're not gonna have the tail behave kind of like a dog's tail, like it just just don't do the tail. It, it looks ridiculous. Yeah. But other than that, I think it's a really solid design that they did, and that movie has a hell of an opening. <laughs> like, uh, I'm trying to remember it. Like that's the thing is like I've seen it twice. And I still don't remember this movie, but like it, it was fun. It was good. <laughs> I really love how they handled the dog in the movie as well. Oh yeah, like where uh, the German Shepherd is uh, like one of the main characters of the film and knows what's going on before the people do. Like that's that's brilliant, and like the dog is great in the movie. Um, and I enjoy how like at a certain point it literally becomes a uh, <laughs> it becomes a literal pissing contest between the German Shepherd and the werewolf in the film. Um, it's also a weird family movie too, which is bizarre. Yeah. Like it's, it's almost, I think you might agree with me on this. It almost feels like an Amblom film that Ablum didn't make. Yeah. Cause you've got like the, like the single mom and her kid and her, like his best friends, the dog. And that movie, like if you were a dog lover, that movie will tug at your heartstrings on multiple occasions. It's still so good. Yeah. Um, and they set the characters up really well. Like, uh, it, like, when we're first introduced to the family, there's this, like, there's this guy who's, like, his whole thing is he, uh, like, he essentially, like, creates situations where he can sue people. And, uh, make, like, that's how he makes money, is essentially, like, he, he cons people out of money by, like, creating situations where they would get sued. So he, like, he, uh, he tries to make it look like their dog attacked and, like, like attacked him and bit him. He's going to sue this family. And then the mom reveals that she's a lawyer and he just, he just like deflates completely. But then he takes it too far. Cause he's, he comes back with a meat cleaver and he's going to murder the German shepherd only to get torn apart by a werewolf. It's amazing. Yeah. It's, it's delightful. And, uh, yeah. So like, that's a movie that like no one really talks about. And, Another funny thing I, I enjoy about that movie, like when they released on Blu-ray, there was a director's cut to the film, but the only difference in the director's cut to the regular film is that they cut out some of the CGI used for the, uh, the transformation sequence because the director himself hated the CGI that was used in it. Cause it's like, it's like this weird, like, um, if anybody remembers, um, like Animorphs or like some yep. of the older, like, effects they use to like transform people into like animals and TV shows and all that. That's essentially what they did is like, they like morph, like they, they would have like the different phases, but then they would like just animate the morphing effect and it does not look good. It's like the, one of the things about the movie that does not age well is some of the stuff they did for the transformations. They do some practical in it and that looks good. But whenever they do the, like, digital, like, morphing between, like, 
between different phases of the transformation, it it has not aged well at all. And yeah, at the end of the movie, it's the family gay together and the German shepherd comes back and kicks the werewolf's ass and it's really good. Just a good heartwarming ending with murder. With with murder. What more could you want? It's a good question. <laughs> Comedy. And zombies. And zombies? Yeah, speaking of which, both of those are in our probably really real top pick. Yes. Well, the, like, again, the, the one... The one proper answer whenever people say, like, what is the best werewolf movie ever made? The obvious answer is American Werewolf in London. Yes. And that's one that me and you both kind of discovered on our own. Yeah. And then just bonded over. I think I own it on several different formats. Mm-hmm. I do as well at this point. Um, It's just, it's really got kind of the heart and soul of what a, a werewolf movie is. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's a bit funny and a bit silly at times. Well, that movie, like, but... it gets so ridiculous at times. Like, again, like, uh, the the nightmare sequence. Well, the nightmare sequence just goes balls to the wall. Yes. Like, it's just this, this nice family scene of, like, them watching TV and hanging out. And then and suddenly... Nazi werewolves <laughs> kick in the door and start and shooting everybody. Shooting and stabbing people. <laughs> and it's just like, what the hell? What did we walk into? And then it turns out to be, it's, it's, a, it's a nightmare from the main character. Yeah, and it's just like, I... And there isn't really, a like, aside from, like, kind of the werewolf stuff, there is no connection between, like, oh, no, but then... Yeah, he wakes up, and you think, oh, it's reality again. And then uh, the nurse walks over to the window, opens it up, and one well, of the Nazi werewolves is there to get stabbed again. And then he wakes up finally. And, <laughs> god damn it. Well, again, there's no reason for those to, they, that be part of the movie. No, exactly. It's just fucking weird and ridiculous. And it works. It works, 100%. Um, but it's just, it's such a weird story of friendship and romance and like it's sad it's such a sad story but it's also super funny one like at the core of like some uh the core of most of the best werewolf movies they usually will have a tragic ending which again is taken from that original wolfman story yeah like the howling has a tragic ending um ginger snaps has a very tragic ending like a lot of the best ones will usually have that very bittersweet end where it's like the monster is vanquished but also this character that we have grown to like is now dead as well because most of the time they are the monster exactly like um, um but in this one it's really interesting too because they have this the way they pose the curse is whoever is cursed by the werewolf is then haunted by those who they kill as a werewolf yes and it culminates in this great scene where essentially a bunch of ghosts are sitting in a theater with the main character trying to convince him to kill oh, and not himself. Ju- and not just any theater, like a like a triple X porno theater. And they're just sitting here. They're, they're just sitting there. They're just trying to be like, well, well, why don't you kill yourself so we can all be free? And he's like. Eventually, he's like, well, yeah, I guess I should, but how should I do it? And they keep they they suggesting like, different ways to do it. And like, well, do this. And it's like, no, that would hurt too much. Well, I don't care. He killed me. And then, <laughs> like the one who's kind of running it all is like, hey, he's my friend. You got to get off him. Like, hey, like, cut the guy some slack. <laughs> like, it's just it's so it's so funny and so dark. And then the, the porno. 
Yes. <laughs> hey, I thought I told you never to do this kind of thing again. What? I've never met you before in my life. You haven't? No. Sorry. I've never, I've never seen you before. Oh, sorry. It's like leaves. It's so, it's so weird. That's another thing that um that uh, American World of London and uh, the Howling have in common is like they made both movies. They made porno films for it. Like in uh, in the Howling, it's like they made like a snuff film to put on the the uh, the like in that opening scene. Yeah. And then yeah, in America War of London, they made that ridiculous. And they comedy. came out. They came out the same year. Yep. Two different directors. The two different stories. Yep. The same kind of goal of just making a really awesome werewolf transformation. And um, and originally Rick Baker was gonna be on the Howling. Yep. And originally he was gonna be on America War from London. Yep. They and, couldn't get the funding. So, so he, he went over to the Howling, and then suddenly, yeah, John Landis got the funding, called up Rick Baker, and said, hey, man, we're doing it. It's like, oh, oh, so I'm already doing this other werewolf film. It's like, what? You, you, no, you come and work for me. So then one of our, like, one of our favorite uh, uh, special effects guys got his start because of that, because... Um, I think he's one of your favorite special effects guys. Oh, yeah, like, Rob Bottin is one of my favorites, because, of course, he worked on The Thing, Total Recall, like... So many great effects. Seven. Yeah, I like Rick Baker because Rick Baker is awesome. I mean, Rick Baker. And that's why I bought his $300 book. That you never read. I look through it on occasion. I don't want to ruin it. I mean, fair enough. Um, Like, Rick Baker is just, like, one of the, the greatest of all time. Like, um, but Rob Bottin, like, he was his protege at the time. So he's just like, okay, I'm going to go over and do American World in London because I kind of made a promise to John you're going to do the howling. And it's like, both have fantastic effects. And like the howling came out and like had amazing, like had like fantastic special effects for its world transformation. But then Rick Baker just goes and does like the golden standard for werewolf transformations. Well, that scene is just oh, it's great. It's so good. It's fantastic. Like it looks like it's it looks painful and it looks realistic and it still holds up. Like every time they bring it to a new format, I keep thinking I'm gonna start seeing the seams in in the makeup or like where it doesn't quite match up. But like the effects are done so well that you you can never really like at a certain point you can tell when they switch to like the puppet and all that, obviously. Like That's honestly my only complaint about the movie is that the the werewolf Especially in that first transformation scene, just looks so fluffy. Yes, like he just looks like a bear, mm -hmm. and it's like I thought this was a werewolf movie. And like again, like for like as we talked about, like the where that werewolf works for the type of movie that it is. Like it's not a, uh, it's not really like what you would think of as like a werewolf necessarily, but it's more like a like a hell beast type of monster. Yeah. And it works for that type of movie, especially, like, with it being very specifically a curse. Because in that one, it is more of a supernatural curse that he is it's being a played with. It's a traditional werewolf. Yeah. The, uh, the slaughtered lamb and all those townspeople that are just like... We know about it, but shh. Yep. <laughs> nobody talks. Like, when the inspector goes to the town, just nobody will talk to him. Oh, I just, I love it. I love it so much. And just... Mm -hmm. I find something new that I like about it every time. 
and I just yeah, it's it, one of those ones that I have trouble talking about because I just think about it and I just start smiling. Isn't it great? It's isn't, so great. Isn't, isn't this great? Isn't are these actors great? And it has the best sequel ever. <laughs> Listen, that like uh, American American Werewolf in Paris, we all know is an Paris in Paris. <laughs> Is an undisputed classic. Yes, everyone should go watch an American Werewolf in Paris right this second. Listen, stop this video and say, go watch this. Say what movie. you want about the Howling. Like, there's there's way more bad sequels, but I don't think any of them are as bad as American, American Werewolf in, in Paris. Paris is so bad. It's, it's it's just it's one of those movies too that I own and I want to get rid of, <laughs> but it's so bad I don't want to get rid of it. Yes. Like it's a it's an oddity to watch to say the least. Like, and the thing is, it could have been good. It could. There's a lot of concepts within that movie mm-hmm. that would have made it a really strong werewolf movie. Yeah, it's just overshadowed by how terribly '90s it is. Yeah, well, then like the werewolves, because the, the werewolves are all CG in that one, if I remember That's correctly. That's what I mean by terribly '90s. Yeah, it's like it, it's the just, tone is just way when you off. go from like American Werewolf in London, which is just like one of the has some of the like literally won an Oscar for just like how good the it werewolf effects were created the Oscar for special yeah, effects. Like they like, had, they had to make an Oscar because this movie's effects were so good. And like, you go from that to like the piece of crap that follows it up. And like the original concept for the sequel actually was like, cause it was going to revolve more around Alex, like, yeah. uh, and like basically trying to like figure out exactly like how this happened. And like, where the werewolf came from originally and things like that. Like, and like David was going to show up as a ghost in it. And like, I think it could have, you could have done something really cool if you followed it up sooner, but also the great thing about American werewolf in London is it's just, it's a good one and done. hundred percent. It did not need a sequel at all. Um, in fact, a lot of, a lot of the really good werewolf movies didn't necessarily need sequels. Like, Oh, I agree. And then of course, uh, for the, for the Stephen King fans in the audience, we, of course, got to talk oh, a bit right. about Silver Bullet. I forgot about S- Silver Bullet. I could never forget about Silver Bullet. It's... And also, like, to be clear, we know there's a few werewolf movies that we are missing. Like, I know there's a couple... There's Cursed we want to watch and Wolf. Yeah. Well, because I've seen Cursed, but it was a long time ago that I watched it. And, like... And it... Wolf is a Jack Nicholson, Michelle Pfeiffer werewolf movie. Yeah, so, like, you know we got to see that. I love Michelle Pfeiffer. She's amazing. How can you not? I know. She's the best. And Jack Nicholson's fun, too. <laughs> He's there. <laughs> Jack Nicholson showed up. <laughs> um, uh, oh, Jack, you're going to do your little your little thing. Were you crazy and stuff? <laughs> I'm playing a werewolf. <laughs> he, he just didn't shave for, for two weeks. He just showed up on set. You're like, ah, good enough. <laughs> you're already scary, Jack. <laughs> Are you scared of me? <laughs> I'm just gonna eat your face. <laughs> Jack, that's not the line. It there is. Are lines? It, I didn't read the script. Let's be honest here. <laughs> we all know why I'm here. <laughs> and to eat faces. <laughs> like He never eats faces in the script, Jack. <laughs> well, he's gonna now. <laughs> I'm doing a couple of my own rewrites. I hope that's okay. I played the Joker, if you don't i'm jack freaking nicholson i actually don't know if wolf came out before or after batman i'm just i'm just throwing that in there who cares i'm gonna play him anyway it's gonna happen when we're (laughs) (laughs) amazing (laughs) 
God. Um, um, but no, like, uh, but Silver Bullet to me is another fun take on the werewolf. I hate the werewolf design. Yeah, it, it's it just it's looks very so bad. It's very cartoony in the way it looks. Like, and again, it it's it's a movie where a werewolf beats someone to death with a baseball bat. And the, uh, the yeah, man, werewolves need weapons. Yeah, well, of course. Gary Busey. Gary Busey, as as everyone's favorite crazy uncle. <laughs> he built him a rocket wheelchair, which is the titular silver bullet. <laughs> and just <sighs> like it's a, it's just a, it's a fun movie, and it does have some like legitimately like pretty scary parts. Um. But yeah, like, it's just like a, it's another one of those weird ones that, uh, when you talk about, like, the, the, the good werewolf movies, that's usually one of the ones that gets brought up. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. But, like, the, the design of the werewolf is rather cartoony. But again, for the type of movie they're doing, it kind of works. <laughs> so, speaking of, speaking of, uh, werewolves using baseball bats <laughs> and mythological creatures using weapons that don't make any sense <laughs> i think we should we could segue over to talk about like uh movies that feature werewolves but aren't about werewolves necessarily i know exactly which movie Such you're talking about monster squad monster squad and like so with monster squad i don't have much to say about it because it's one i want to revisit since the first time i watched it i was kind of very meh on it yeah but like the biggest takeaway from that isn't even like the werewolf of it it's the fact that dracula uses dynamite yeah it's wonderful isn't it fun that Dracula uh, yes, uses Dracula, <laughs> his with his mystical powers of of uh, hypnotism and charm and blood sucking and flying and transformation and dynamite throwing? Listen, listen. Sometimes, listen. Dracula's been around the block a couple times. Sometimes it's just way more simple if you just throw dynamite at somebody. It makes me so mad. He doesn't. He doesn't. He hasn't got time, man. He's orchestrating so much to make this happen. But that's, um... The werewolf design in that movie is really good. Oh, yeah, and it's also, like, it it has a fun answer to the question, like, what if you blew up a werewolf? Like, could you kill them by blowing them up? And then, like, they blow... In fact, I'm pretty sure they use dynamite to blow up the werewolf. <laughs> and it blows up into a million pieces, and it just kind of starts reforming itself, almost like Wolverine. Yeah. And that's kind of cool. And that one's got like a bunch of different uh, monsters in it. Of course, it's kind of like a it's a it's, it's a, an unofficial like universal love letter to Universal monster movies. Yeah, it's like if the Goonies fought the Universal monsters. Yep, it's one I should revisit. Oh yeah, like it it gets tonally confused sometimes, but like it it's a, it's an eighties like kids <laughs> adventure film well. where where Dracula throws dynamite at people. <laughs> Um, and and calls a little girl a bitch. <laughs> he does. Give me that book, you bitch. <laughs> it's like whoa, Apparently, Dracula. I don't remember Monster Squad. <laughs> it's it's a fun movie, man. Like it's it's ridiculous in the best way possible. I'm trying to think what other, there's there's a few other movies that have have werewolves in them that. Well, of course, like uh, like I think it's fair we could talk about Van Helsing. Well, in Van Helsing's werewolves are interesting because. They shed their skin both ways. Yeah. They, it's a, it was a very specific choice, I think, by the director, not by the makeup. I don't know. Well, because Someone in... on production decided that in order for, like, instead of the whole, they just grow hair and change their features, they literally have a werewolf that bursts out of their skin, so their skin just, like, falls off. Yeah, like, they, they literally just, like, it, like, tears out of them, which, like, 
you they've done that there's a few movies that do that version of it which technically is closer to the actual like folklore in some cases like i know um like again we talk about trick-or-treat which like earlier that's the transformation in that one is like they rip their skin off like and they have fun with that we're like it's like the one girl it's like she's taking like ripping a boot off and it's like her friggin' leg skin like they they have a lot of fun with it and with van helsing it's a lot cleaner and quicker because it's an action movie at the end of the exactly. day. Exactly. So like just just burst out and suddenly werewolf. Also those werewolves are jacked. Like though you want to oh, talk yeah. about muscular werewolves? Like Underworld like they look like uh like the the ones in uh Van Helsing look like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Like they're they're Arnold Schwarzeneggers of uh of werewolves. They're just huge and jacked. And one of them is a huge jacked man. Yes. <laughs> Well, as opposed to, like, again, the Underworld ones where they're a little more sleek. Yeah. Like, they're like a... They're like a muscular, um... They're like a thin muscular, more or less. And then there's the uh, Harry Potter Prisoner of Azkaban werewolf, which is... Which is, again, like... Gangly, folklore-looking guy. Yeah, which, like, it's creepy in its own way. But definitely looks like uh, you could just, like, pick it up and, like, break it over your knee. Like, that's what the Van Helsing werewolves would do to, like, uh, the Harry Potter werewolves. Yeah. Um, and that one, like, the werewolf is, like, again, because it's a big... That one is another, like, love letter to the Universal Monsters. Like, and people people could argue, like, the quality of the film, like, till we're blue in the face. Because I know a lot of people don't necessarily like that movie because it's, like, corny and weird. But to me, that's part of the charm of it. Like, they're not trying... They're clearly not taking it too seriously. Which one? You, we, we talked about three movies Sorry, there. yeah, I'm talking about Van Helsing. <laughs> like, they're taking it about as seriously as they need to. And again, like, when you look at that movie and, like, you realize it's from the director of The Mummy, like, it makes sense. Perfect sense. Um, and, like, the werewolves are literally the, the key in that movie to defeating Dracula. Like, they make it part of the plot point. And I think, like, because... That might partially have been because it is a post-Underworld movie and, like, that whole, like, vampires versus werewolves thing has been a well-established part of a lot of lore. A lot of movies, at least. Yeah, a lot of movies have done, like, the the vampires and werewolves on opposing side thing. So. Whoever wins, we lose. Oh, my God. Is that the tagline from Freddy vs. Jason? No, that's Alien vs. Predator. Is it? Yep. I feel like that's most of those versus movies. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, they certainly didn't lose at the box office. Just with, all the way just, to the bank. Just with the critics. Um, Who cares about critics? Um, I feel like there's a fun follow-up, a segue for that. Like a werewolf, a movie with werewolves uh, that wasn't critically received well. I can't think of any more. Um, there's gotta be. Like, we talked about Underworld. Yeah. And Raven Helsing, Monster Squad. Oh, one of my favorite interpretations of uh, the Wolfman story is Alvin and the Chipmunks meets the Wolfman. Oh, yeah, cartoon werewolves. It's so good. It's so great because it's literally like, it's all about Theodore being scared, <laughs> getting bitten by a werewolf, and then like he becomes more and more like of a threat and becomes more and more cool. <laughs> or, like they cast him in a play of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde as Mr. <laughs> Hyde to try and boost his confidence. <laughs> And he becomes a complete terror. Mm-hmm. 
in the meantime, their neighbor is actually the werewolf, and like it's just it's such a cute, fun story, mm-hmm. and it's just kind of it's just good. It's just a really solid one. Do you remember uh, Scooby Doo and the Reluctant Werewolf? Yes, where like it turns into like a race car story. Yeah, it's not a great. It was it was at the height of that whole um, the whole uh, Hanna Barbera racing show. I can't remember yeah. what it's called. Oh yeah, like. Oh, I can't remember what it is either, but I know exactly which one you're talking about. It was and, kind of at the height of that. But it was like the horror movie version of that. So they turned Shaggy into a werewolf, the sole purpose of doing a race car thing. And there's like a vampire and a Frankenstein type character. Like, I, I can't remember a whole lot about that story, but like, it wasn't particularly good. But of course, big fan of Scooby-Doo. So of course I'm going to watch it. You and America. Yeah. Also, again, you talking about... uh. The Alvin and the Chipmunks one and like what happens with Theodore reminded me of another werewolf movie that's quite good. Teen Wolf. Oh, right. Teen How could, Wolf. We, we, we would be remiss if we didn't talk about Teen Wolf in this conversation a little bit because we both have an appreciation for Michael J. Fox. The most unbelievable thing about that movie is that Michael J. Fox was like a star basketball player before. Because <laughs> I want to say he was a basketball player, but I haven't watched it as much as I should have. Yeah. Um. Do I even own that one? So the the yeah I own Teen Wolf. Yeah, like the the scene that always comes to mind for me with that one is the uh, the one where he's like in the bathroom. He's transformed. His dad's on the other side of the uh, on the other side of the door talking to him, and he's like worried about his dad finding out that he's a werewolf. And then he opens the door, and his dad's transformed too. And it's just son, we need to talk. It's like what? <laughs> so that one's kind of fun. Although, like, and it's it's also one where I've always debated if i should watch the um tv show right because i know the tv show is like very 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 different yeah well and like um another thing like teen wolf is almost a a weird like opposite side of ginger snaps in a lot of ways because like when when boys think about like puberty and growing up and all that, it's like, oh, it's gonna be a party. I'm gonna I'm gonna buy a keg. I'm, I'm gonna be good at sports. All these things. And then when women reach maturity, it's like, see, there's this like terrifying thing that happens. So it's like a weird like opposite spectrum thing with those movies. Well, I think that's also specifically uh, that that's a very male perspective on it though. Yeah, it's it's the way men view it as like it's a terrifying thing. Mm-hmm. But like for guys, it's like again, it's it's if you think about. I guess I don't know about your perspective in high school, but like mm-hmm. in high school as a guy, by a certain point, it was a hundred percent like, yeah, you know, we're getting our beards and we're growing this Ugh. stuff. And like, and you were, and guys talked about that openly with each like, other. Whereas hormones like hormones and things. We, and then anytime girl mentions periods, everyone's like, Ugh, oh, gross. We can't talk about that. Okay. So he was, he was an average, uh, some schmuck. Oh, his okay. So he's living in this only claim to popularity. He's playing. Oh, so he did play basketball. Yeah, but it's on an unsuccessful basketball team. But at the same time, when you when you ha- when you have the like, the shortest guy in school <laughs> playing basketball, well, of course, <laughs> and suddenly you jump around. Well, and again, like because people don't necessarily question too much the fact that suddenly he's a werewolf. No, they just love it. They're just like, oh yeah, now he's awesome. There's that whole scene where he's surfing around on top of the, the, the band, right? Yes. As oh, it's going to be a party. Everything's great. <laughs> and now the dudes are like, oh, why can't I grow a bunch of hair? <laughs> That's literally male puberty. Yeah. 
again, it's yeah. It's... I, I hadn't thought about that till now. Like uh, the weird dichotomy between Teen Wolf and Ginger Snaps. It's true, but yeah. again, it's it's a very it's from a very male centric worldview. I think in yeah. my in my opinion, I could be wrong. Feel free to disagree with me, anybody. I won't fight you. Yeah. Yeah. Or will I? <laughs> I think I think we've tapped out werewolves. I think it's entirely possible. Like I'm trying to think if there's any other uh, really good examples. <sighs> Fudge. Because like we talked a little bit, like we talked a little bit about the Wolfman remake. I don't know if we want to touch on it too much further. There's not much more to say. Yeah. Like, it's got a good cast, and, like, it's held back by some, like, odd plot choices, but it's not a bad movie. So, yeah, I think I think we've, I think we've ran the gambit on this one. So I guess it's time now for another question of the day. Wow. Woo! Prosser, what's the question for the day? That's a great question, Ethan. I thought you came prepared. I thought so, too. I, I told you to bring a question of the day. No, you didn't. I did. That was never discussed. It was greatly implied. That was never a discussion in my contract when we signed it. You never signed a contract. Oh, my God. Um, it was a handshake deal. Hmm. It's like, does it have to be werewolf-related? It doesn't have to be, but what else would it be? Hmm. Um, oh, I guess, okay, here's a fun question of the day. Yes. Um, Since we're talking about, like, you know, the core thing about werewolves is, like, you, you transform into a wolf and all that, or like a, a half wolf hybrid. I mean, that would be, that would be pretty much the, the main staple. Given that it is a werewolf. Oh, I would be shocked. Oh, oh, shush. (laughs) Ah, no, we didn't touch on skinwalkers at all. Oh no, we didn't. (laughs) So before we jump to the question of the day, do you consider skinwalkers and werewolves to be of a similar caliber or are they different enough for you that you think they shouldn't be lumped in together? Like, I think, um, again, uh, because skinwalker lore and werewolf lore definitely are derived from different things, incredibly different things, and and they're and they're seen completely different as well, just like culturally. Um, I wouldn't. I would. They should be. They seen should. Okay, I guess I, that so, is they. They should be so to, seen differently. To answer, to answer my own question, I think the fact that they get lumped in together is kind of. It's kind of messed up because there's because there's a movie called Skinwalkers where like they are like very like they might as well be werewolves. Basically, there's there's skinwalkers who act like werewolves. Yeah. Whereas like it should be seen as a different thing entirely and not necessarily a negative thing. Yeah. And it's very it's the way it has been handled in media for a while. It's just kind of been. It's basically offensive. (laughs) Yeah, to say the least, like it's like they essentially wanted to do. They wanted to do a werewolf movie, but they didn't want to call them werewolves, so they called them skinwalkers, and it's like, it is yeah. it is a different thing. Or they want to tell, they want to have werewolves and be like, oh, but we're not actually werewolves, because yeah, we're, werewolves aren't cool. Oh, it's different. It's completely when, different. It's a completely different thing, mm-hmm. and I think it's, I think it's kind of, again, I think it is a shame when they are lumped in together. Yeah. I like the misleads when it's like, oh man, we think it's a werewolf, and it turns out. I think uh, there's been a couple TV episodes. I think there's an episode of Smallville that's like that, where it's like they think that there's a werewolf thing. And they're like, wait, what? Werewolves? And they're like, Clark, you're you, you're literally invulnerable. That wouldn't be the weirdest thing. Um, Clark, why are you even worried? <laughs> but no, it's because it's they're magic, technically. Oh, my God. Yeah. I hadn't even considered. You didn't. Um, what if Superman was bit by a werewolf? <laughs> 
Good question. Oh my god. Um, but no, that's kind of like that's <laughs> the... good thing I have a silver kryptonite bullet, says Batman. <laughs> my point at the end of the day, though, is I personally think they they should be viewed separately. I think they are two very different beasts that are lumped in <laughs> together. You know, can't you have a serious conversation for once? No, it's impossible. I'm making a serious point here, and you're all like, I gotta make jokes. Because mm. that's what you are. You're a joke. Anyway. Wow, why'd you call me a joke? Beat <laughs> you to the punch. <laughs> um, well, now yeah. I'm just hurt. But no, I, I agree <laughs> I agree with you. Like, they are, they are different things. It would be cool to see, like, a proper representation in media for Skinwalkers. Well, I'm sure there has been a couple here and there. It's just, again, they get overshadowed by werewolves. Yes. Oh. So anyway, on to your question of the day. Yes. If you... If you were able to transform into, like, a human-animal hybrid monster, like, a la... A, similar to Teen Wolf, where, like, it was, like, a... Like, kind of a thing you could control to a certain extent... What animal would you want to half transform into? Well, we've seen the ultimate answer already in Street Sharks. Well, <laughs> where shark? You get two penises. Oh man! <laughs> oh, that'd be that'd be when I think about like the like the transformation of a body. How that'd be so weird. Like, would just would you sprout the second penis, or would your penis just split into two penises? Like, these are the questions you just raised. <laughs> All because I reference Street Sharks. <laughs> I regret my decision greatly. <laughs> I'm talking about biology here, and you just made it weird. You're the one who brought up two penises to sharks. <laughs> it's, it's a biological fact. Um. <laughs> anyway... I mean, like, like, uh, what are the benefits, though? Like, you have to look at it that way. Like, like, if I'm going to pick something to be, like, stuck transforming, am I, like, am I stuck in this form, or do I transform back and forth? Well, it's like, yeah, like I said, Team Wolf, it's like you transform back and forth between, like, this form. Like, you're still kind of conscious of who you are in that form. Is it painful? Um, I think in, initially, yes, but you would get used to it. See, for me, I'd have to look at the most benefiting, uh, like, the most benefiting thing. Like, what would what would be the most beneficial transformation? Mm-hmm. In my lack of swimming, I'd say a fish person, because, you know, I could swim. Yes. But I'm not around that water that much. No, the, the irony would be you'd transform into a fish person, but you're still terrible at swimming, but you just wouldn't drown. That's the main thing I'm concerned about. That you'd, you would fall, you, you'd go into the swimming pool, you'd fall to the bottom, and you just kind of sit there frustrated because you can't get back up. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, what if I want to be a hybrid person with another person? <laughs> Can I transform into another, like... Could you be half Arnold Schwarzenegger? <laughs> that just makes me an average guy. Exactly. Um... Gosh, this is a tough one. Right? Everyone would think, like, oh, go with your favorite animal. Mm. But, like, I don't know. And because, like, there's a part of me that's like, oh, well, do I want to transform with a bird? Well, flying I mean, kind of raises a lot of problems. Yeah, like, like, if I was half owl, like, my eyes would just get really big. <laughs> Bigger? 
bigger. Um, I could do a cool party trick where I turn my head around. <laughs> I can do that for you right now. <laughs> I just I just make a lot of owl puns. It's like, guess who's coming to dinner? <laughs> I would I would I would murder you really fast. But Ethan, um, who would bury me? <laughs> me, I said I would. <laughs> Oh, this is tough because like Yeah, there's like it's the, the cost benefit of it all. Well and how much of a hybrid are we? Like I said, it's like it's like it's like Teen Wolf where like you take on the attributes of that animal, but you're still you're still basically like humanoid. Well yeah, but there's a like creature from the Black Lagoon is technically humanoid. Yeah. But I wouldn't want to look like him. <laughs> wow. Ethan, they made a whole movie about this. <laughs> I haven't seen that movie, so... Tune in next week when Ethan watches The Shape of Water. I don't want to watch that. We already talked about sharks. It... Um... When birds, your bones would be really brittle, then. They'd be half brittle. See, that's the thing. You're you're, you're changing the rules of the, the spectrum of transformation. Mm -hmm. Well, and I guess the question is, if you became like a, like a half-bird person... Would you still like? Would you be able to fly? I would hope so. Otherwise, why would it? That would just uh, that would suck. It's like, like you're I'm you're half you're half eagle, but like you you still weigh too much to get off the ground. I'm covered in feathers and have a beak, <laughs> but I can't do anything. This is such a burden. <laughs> you're gonna kill our viewership. <laughs> Um, I don't know. Like I always say, cats would be interesting. Cats would be kind of cool. A half cat person. Yeah, I mean, and that's been done before. Like that's the cat well, people. Yeah, would be you'd be a lot more like you'd be a lot more agile. Not exactly. I'd land on my feet all the time. Get to eat tuna. You you eat tuna now. I, guess, I know, but I I, not much, no one would judge me. Not much would change. <laughs> I know. I'm not allergic. That's the thing. If I if I turn into like a dog hybrid, I'd be allergic to myself. Then you wouldn't you wouldn't be able to eat chocolate. Exactly. Whereas a cat, I can totally do. Can cats eat chocolate? I think, I mean, it's probably not recommended. Like, they probably would. <laughs> it's not recommended for humans, either. Yes. Um, what about you? What would you do? Crocodile? <laughs> Whenever something goes wrong in my life, well, this is a croc. <laughs> it's not about the puns. <laughs> yeah, but that's half the fun. We... No, the puns are a coping mechanism. The puns are a coping mechanism. 100% it. Listen, I've seen, I've seen enough of uh, Killer Croc and Batman where being half crocodile doesn't seem like it would be fun. Plus, I've seen alligator people. Yeah, yeah, that wasn't fun at all. No. Um, would you? Oh man, I I know a, I know a group of people who turn or who are have a lot of yeah, blah blah blah. blah. I'm gonna try it again. <laughs> I know a group of uh, human animal hybrids that have a great time. Oh no. We, we don't have to bring furries into this conversation. I was talking about the Ninja Turtles. Oh, no. <laughs> You're telling me if you could if you could choose, if you had an option, you one of the options was to choose to become a Ninja Turtle, you wouldn't become a Ninja Turtle? Yeah, but it's like you take on the, the traits of that animal, so you just be slower. No, because you're a Ninja Turtle. Yeah, but like, a Ninja Turtle is not an animal that you would turn into. Like, they're, they're turtles that grew up as ninjas. Yeah. You yourself are not a ninja. But I would train you, with be Master you. Splinter. Yeah, but you're already grown up. You're too old to become a ninja. No, you're not. 
Um, I get pizza. I get the skateboard. I don't see a downside. Hmm. And I can have a shell of a time. A shell of a time. See, now you're making puns. I am just quoting the show. Oh, of course. Um, I brought the question. No, I can't think of one. Uh, can I can I fuse with Batman and be a billionaire? <laughs> it was thinking yeah, it was like bat, but it's like ah, oh, then you'd just be terrified and you have a weird nose. Um, <laughs> too late. How dare you? Um, I'm talking to myself. Wow, what a misdirect. Um, I mean, you could be a walrus, then all you really need to adjust to is the tusks. Cuckoo, <laughs> 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 I am the walrus. Cuckoo, um, if you want to be an octopus, yeah, but then I have to spend like way more minutes brushing my teeth. <laughs> I need, I need a uh, one of those, uh, one of those for what are they like where they use to buff cars. I just yeah. want to, just use to to buff my giant teeth. Just get you a sander. Mm-hmm. Um, I would get promotions at work. I'd just start body slamming people. That's what you do now. Exactly. <laughs> Asserting my dominance. Um. Yeah, like, I feel like uh, being a, like, a bird person would probably be, like, like, if I was still, like, if I was still able to fly, which I doubt I'd be able to, like, some kind of bird. It's a giant chicken. A giant chicken. That's what I am now. (laughs) I know, so it wouldn't be too much of a stretch. Yep. Um, Uh, What about reptilian? Like, you wouldn't want to be a reptilian? Actually, yeah, that could be fun. Um, If I was, uh, say, half Komodo dragon, I have that swagger. Just... Just walking around, like, swaying my upper body. I like that that's the reason. Nothing beneficial, just the swagger. Just just so I can have the swagger of a Komodo dragon. What about, um... Ah, uh, crap. Amphibians. Like, I used to... Growing up, I always used to think, like, frogs would be kind of a cool mm-hmm. hybrid. I mean, you'd have a, you'd have that tongue. But, but Ethan, you know what happens to, uh... To a toad when it's struck by lightning. I said a frog. Well, there's a difference. Well, as long as you're not a toad, then you'll exactly, be fine. then I'd be definitely fine. But either it's the same thing that happens to everyone else. So you're still in trouble. <laughs> no, if I what if I okay? Can I? What about fusing with a rock? That's, rocks aren't animals. You can have pet rocks. Yeah, but that doesn't. They're not animals. Jeez, this is semantics. There's a chia pet. Is a chia pet an animal? I would totally fuse with a chia pet. <laughs> I'd fuse with a chia pet if only to grow a full head of hair. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> and then when I transform, it just ch 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 chia. Ch 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 chia. Chia man. What about like a... with an amazing ability to grow vegetable hair? That's what I was saying. What about an octopus? Um, fit into tight spaces. Yeah, you'd be smart. Wow, <laughs> octopuses are smart. It's true, but Octopi. I need a yeah. But then my uh, you just have this big thing hanging off the back of my head. Um, it's a goiter. It's a goiter, <laughs> a reverse goiter. Um, I think goiters can go any which way. I mean, fair enough. Um, um, man, this I I I thought this question would be easy to answer. We've we've drove down the uh, the you highway. You would on pick it. a bear. Yes, being half being half uh, grizzly bear would be fun. You kind of walk like one. Yes, <laughs> just hands in front, just just wave. don't pay attention to me. Just sit down and wave at people. I think I'd stick with cat. 
Yeah. Like actually be able to climb trees. I like that we both pick mammals. Blue blue moon. That was a weird question of the day. It was a weird question, but it works. As long as you're not a shark. Yes. Vin Diesel would choose a shark. A street shark. A street shark. Because the street always wins. The street always wins. Will you eat the street? <laughs> the street sharks always win. <laughs> they All right. They digest concrete. I don't know how it works, but it's pretty cool. Well, I think that's another episode of Feast of Films. Uh, let us know in the comments below your favorite werewolf films, any ones that we missed. Um, and if you uh, could pick an animal to be a hybrid of, what would it be? Mr. Prosser, where can the good people find you? You can find me on Instagram at thatjprosser. You can find me on YouTube under my name, Jesse Prosser. Find a couple short films I've directed there. Um, and then you can also find Ethan and I's featured film, Damn Rights, on realhouse.org. Rent it, buy it, give it a watch, see what you guys think. Give us your money. Give us your money. <laughs> And Ethan, where can the good people find you? You can find me on Instagram at Ethan R. Hill. You can find me on YouTube at Ethan R. Hill. And same thing, you can find our movie on realhouse.org. Excellent. That said, thank you for tuning in to another episode of A Feast of Films, another spooky Halloween episode, even though I don't know how spooky this one got. Ooh, spooky. That's about as most haunting as it got. Exactly. Uh, we will catch you all next week. Have a good week, everybody. Bye-bye. So long. Toodaloo. Aroo! Aroo!